0: You're listening to our Prophet, a collaboration between Sahlain and al Hudja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhalayn.org support. So the Prophet comes back from the Battle of Badr. He's in Medina. What's the next significant event that happens in Medina? The next significant event is called the Ghazwa, the expedition or the battle of Banu Qaynaqa. Remember Banu Qaynaqa were a very prominent, influential, well-off Jewish tribe around the city of Medina, they even controlled the Medina market. And on Saturday the 15th of Shawwal, this is you know about a month after the Battle of Bad, it's about two weeks after the Muslims returned. So two weeks later, this battle happened. It wasn't really a battle, it's called the Ghazwa, but it's not really a battle, let's see what happened. Basically, the pagan tribes and the rich Jews of Medina, and the Jews of Khaybar and other Jews, when the Prophet achieved victory, after Bedr, they were really concerned, they're like now he's got a lot of prominence and we fear that he's going to have so much power here and that will threaten us because the more power the Muslims have the less influence we have. So they were conspiring, what should we do? How can we bring these Muslims down? Now, The tribe of Banu Qaynaqa, the Jews around Medina, they became very active and they started a cold war against Muslims. They started mobilizing people against them, conspiring with pagans, other tribes to undermine the security of Muslims and this really disturbed the Prophet and those Muslims. Remember the Prophet made an agreement with them, the document of Medina that you should not undermine us, you should not fight us. They started a cold war, see they were smart, they didn't take out a sword, hey, let's fight. They started to mobilize people in a conspiratory way. Now, the Muslims knew that the Jews were doing that, but they didn't want to go to war with them, right? But they wanted an opportunity to also establish justice there. So, the Prophet, ﷺ, one day he goes to their market, he stands before them, and he gives them a speech in the bazaar of Banu Qaynaqa and basically he told them, look, oh Jewish people, I've made a treaty with you and you saw what God did to the Quraysh, who are very powerful. Didn't you see what God did to them, at Bad? I'm giving you advice, stop your conspiracies. Stop this cold war with us Muslims and learn and learn. Instead of fighting me, why do not you come and join my beautiful path? And he invited them to the religion of Islam. Stop your conspiracies. You know what they told him? They told him, ah, those people at bed, they don't even know how to fight. Don't compare us to the Meccans. We're much stronger. And if we were to go to fight with you, to go to war with you, we would finish you off. Look at the audacity of them. They signed a treaty with the Prophet. In fact, they came forward and they told them, let's sign a treaty. So we can live peacefully. Now look at the tone that they were using with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi The Prophet sallallahu alaihi was very disturbed at their words, this was an actual a challenge. They told him, you know, if you see us on the battlefield we're different than those Quraysh, we can eliminate you. But remember the Prophet didn't want to spark anything with them because then he would be blamed, oh he's a man of violence this and that. But he was waiting for the moment to pass a judgment on them, so one day, remember we talked about this before, one day a Muslim lady, she went to the bazaar of Banu Qaynaqa to sell something at a Jewish goldsmith shop and basically she was covering herself with hijab, she didn't want the men to see her, so they kept telling her uncover yourself, uncover yourself, she said no, these are my beliefs, what do you want from me, I'm just here to do business, I'm buying, selling, they're like no, they wanted to humiliate her, remove your hijab, she refused. So she was carrying some heavy things, she sat on the floor to probably pack her belongings, when the owner of that shop, he came from behind her, and in a very quick slick way, such that she couldn't uh, realize what he was doing, he tied her garment, such that when she got up, her body was exposed, her body was exposed to those Jews, so they basically saw, you know, her private parts. And this is something that was really bold for them to do like that. The Prophet just warned them, stop, now they're making fun of Muslim women, and the Prophet had made them sign that they should not harass any Muslim man, any Muslim woman. So instead of the other Jews coming to him and telling him, hey, this is wrong, stop, we don't accept this, they all started laughing at her. So one Muslim man, when he saw that, he couldn't take it anymore. He felt that the honor of Muslims was being violated. So he attacked that man who did this to her and he killed him. Okay, now you could argue that he was angry, he should not have done that. Maybe he should have went to the Prophet and let the Prophet decide. You know what they did? all the Jews of that area, instead of de-escalating the situation, they came and they formed a circle around this man and they killed him, they stabbed him to death. Which was a clear act of defiance that we are not regretful for what we did to this Muslim lady and in fact, we mean more harm. When this happened, the Prophet ﷺ had to do something. The Prophet ﷺ came and he told them that You have broken the treaty and it's not possible that we can live like that. You have no regard for Muslims and you have shown the intent that you want to fight the Muslims. Instead of apologizing to the Prophet and saying we apologize, it was a mistake. You know what they did? They went, they left the bazaar area, they went into their forts. They went into their homes and their forts, they had built strong forts, And they basically were defiant. They said no we won't apologize, we're strong, we're going to go in our forts and we will defy what you have to offer. We don't want to negotiate, we don't want to discuss anything. So to shut themselves in the fort was a clear sign that they wanted to continue the hostility with Muslims. Well in that case the Prophet now as a responsible leader had to do something, he had to take action. So the Prophet asked the Muslims, they surrounded their fort and they they imposed a blockade on them for 15 days. To the point where they had to, you know, basically for food, for whatever they had to come out of their forts. So they surrendered to the Muslims after 15 days. Still after they surrendered, they did not ask for forgiveness. See one problem with them they either they knew the akhlaq of the Prophet but they were so evil or they did not know. If you ask the Prophet for forgiveness, he would have forgiven them, but they were defiant. They came out defiant, they had to surrender because you know there was, they needed food, they had no choice but to come and surrender and basically the Prophet said I'll pass a decision And they accept it. They're like appoint someone and whatever decision you make, have the arbit, you know, the the one who makes the arbitration will accept that. So the Prophet says, we won't kill them. However, we will exile them. They cannot live in Medina anymore. They've broken the treaty. They no longer are showing the interest of being proper citizens of Medina. So let them leave. We're not going to enslave your women and children because that's what... The document stated, remember, the Prophet had made it a, a, a condition in the document of Medina that if one party breaks the document, they deserve to be killed, their women and children would be enslaved and their money confiscated. So the Prophet had every right, politically speaking, to do that to them. They signed on that document. But the Prophet said, no we're not going to kill you, we're not going to take your woman, we're not going to take your children. Leave, leave. So they left, they left the city of Qayna, the Medina and they went north to the Syrian area, you know to a Syrian region in southern Syria and they did not stay there for long, they perished over there. So my dear brothers and sisters, when orientalists look at these events They say see the Prophet was not unfair, he let an entire people, he kicked them out of their you know, city, he exiled them, he displaced them. But in light of what happened and you look at the historical facts, don't you see that the Prophet was justified? What are some objections that you could academically have to what the Muslims did? Remember the Prophet came to Medina, he signed a treaty, they willingly came and they signed and they All signed that if we break the treaty, there are consequences. The Prophet chose the least of the consequences. He had the right to kill them, to fight them, to enslave their women and children because this was in the treaty. But the Prophet said, no, I'm not going to do that, just leave. You want to kill us, you want to violate our rights and they started to conspire with other tribes to invite them to attack the Prophet in Medina. So it was a national security issue. The Prophet says, leave. I'm not going to fight you but leave. You're not welcome staying here now that you've broken the treaty. And remember, they showed no sign of regret or forgiveness. Had they come to the Prophet and told him, give us another chance, this was wrong, we'll work about it. No, they were defiant. So when you're dealing with a group of people like that, they're defiant, they did that to a Muslim lady, they're conspiring with other tribes, there is absolutely no sign that they're going to stop their conspiracies in the Cold War. In fact, it's only going to intensify. And they warned the Prophet. They're like, bad." We're stronger than the people of Mecca. Shh, let, see us fight in the battlefield. What does that mean? That means we're ready to go to fight. To, to fight with you. We're ready to go to war. What do you do in that case? If you're a responsible community leader, what do you do? The Prophet did not exile them to northern He told them, leave. You're not welcome. See, he says, this area, people who respect the Constitution are welcome to stay. But now that you've bro- bro- violated the Constitution, leave and remember they didn't repent if they asked for another chance you know showed some repentance the prophet says okay I'll give you another chance they were defiant so the prophet says leave so they went to you know Syria he didn't tell them to go to Syria he said just leave the Medina area you're not welcome here anymore exactly so those orientalists who accuse the prophet of coming and exiling them and that's unjust really is there any merit to that see they cannot overlook the incidents that led to this, we cannot overlook that. We have to be honest and see what what happened here. So yes the Prophet did exile the Jews of Banu Qaynaqa, but it's for these reasons. And remember he did not kill them, he didn't enslave their women and children and he had the right because they signed on the document willingly, he never forced them, they willingly signed on the document. But the Prophet gave them the most humane treatment and that's absolutely justified. Because many, many lives would have been lost in Medina. They were conspiring with other tribes to uproot the Muslims because the Prophet became powerful after Badr. They're like, we can't have him here anymore. We need to kick him out of Medina. So the Prophet ﷺ acted rationally, humanely.